0: Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of flyingfreenow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to 79 of the Flying Free Podcast. I got an email today from one of the members of the Flying Higher beta group. And she was telling me how much she appreciated this one segment of one of the coaching calls that I did with the members of that group. And she said, you just got to have, you You really need to share this with people. It was so helpful to me, and I really think it would help a lot of other people. So I thought for this episode, I would actually share that clip with you, the audio part. I, this was actually a video, but I'm going to share the audio clip of a concept that i was teaching the members of that group and what we were talking about is how important it is to manage our brain space to manage the thoughts that we have and to manage our emotions from a place of emotional adulthood rather than a place of emotional childhood and i was trying to explain to them that this is really one of the this is the key to growing up in the fullness of our stature in Christ Jesus Okay, so Jesus Christ was the one person that lived on this planet, who was fully able to manage his brain space and his emotional space, without being impacted in or, you know, in in a way that would change the way he was managing his space by other people. Okay, so what I mean by that is that other people could share their opinions with him, they could make fun of him, they could call him the son of the devil and all kinds of other things. um, And they could want to kill him. And yet, it didn't stop him from living out of his true identity, the way it does for many of us. We are such people pleasers. At least I know I am, I just want people to like me. And so I've spent my whole life living from this place of, you know, I have to, whatever, uh, whatever people want me to do, I need to do those things, I need to figure out what it is that makes them happy, and then do those things. So they will want me around, so they will accept me, so they will like me. And I've learned by experience that when I don't do what other people want me to do, if I have a different opinion, and I dare to express it, or if I do something different, that that gets me uh you know that gets me unaccepted and it gets me unloved and it gets me reject rejection and you know the ultimate for me was it got me excommunicated and i think some of us we sort of believe way down deep inside that this is reality that this is our you know our destiny is just to live this way and try and and that we can't survive the feelings of devastation that we might have if we are rejected by people. And so I gave in this little clip, I give this an example out of the life of Jesus of how people basically they excommunicated him, you guys, and what he did in the face of that excommunication. So I offer to you this little clip from flying higher. Remember when Jesus was starting his earthly ministry and he went to the synagogue and he stood up and he read this passage from Isaiah that says, um, it was a prophecy about the Messiah coming. I have come to set the captives free, um, to proclaim liberty to the the captives and blah, 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 blah. I don't remember. And I don't have my Bible open right now, but so anyway, he reads that passage from Isaiah and then he says to the people And by the way, this synagogue was in Galilee, or in Nazareth, I'm sorry. He had already been visiting other synagogues and speaking like this, all right? But he goes to Nazareth, his hometown, and he says this, and then he says this. I say to you, these words are now being fulfilled in your presence. So these guys who all know him as Joseph... The son of, I'm sorry, as Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, they all know that he was a bastard child. They all know this about him. He's a poor, car, you know, a poor, car, well, maybe carpenters weren't that poor back then, but he, you know, he was a car, carpenter's uh, son, okay? And he was a carpenter himself by trade. And he stands up and he says, he reads the, uh, a prophecy about the Messiah coming and then says, that's me. The, the, the Bible says that they were filled with wrath, okay? Because they had already identified him. They already had him pegged in their certain box, just like many of you were already pegged in your box by your family of origin or your church or your husband. And so when he stood up into his true identity, they were filled with wrath, and they actually chased him out of the synagogue to the edge of the hill that Nazareth is built on. And they were going to throw him off the cliff and kill him. That's Now that's hatred, you guys. So I was thinking, I was telling the ladies yesterday, this is like excommunication. I mean, talk about excommunication. They chased him out of the synagogue. He didn't go back into synagogues after that. He preached on the hillsides. He got excommunicated, you guys. Just like so if any of you have been excommunicated, you're in really good company. You know, and a lot of us got excommunicated because we stood up and said, you know, I guess I'm not that person that you guys all say I am. I'm different and I want to be me now. I want to show up in my full color. I want to be who God made me to be. Will you guys love me for me or do I have to be someone different? And they said, "You will not be someone different." then we have already decided that you are. And if you do that, we're going to chase you out of the synagogue and hate on you. Okay. They don't throw you off a cliff, but okay. So here's the thing that Jesus did though, you guys. Do you th- first of all, do you really think, that, the Bible doesn't say how Jesus felt, but do you really think that Jesus was feeling neutral at that point? Do you think that Jesus was feeling like, this is so awesome. I just love it. Feeling good. I'm the son of God. This is having the time of my life down here on planet earth. No, these are the people he grew up with, you guys. This was his home church. Think about your home church that you grew up in, and especially if you've been in one for your, your whole life. You, these were the people who knew him and his family. This is where his all of his social life was this was his support system, this was his community, and they're wanting to kill him, you can better believe that he had feelings about that. And they weren't good ones. So yeah, so no, social interactions are going to affect you. The other thing I said yesterday is that he walked through the crowd. I never thought about that before, but he just walked through the crowd. He had to walk through all the past, all of these jeering, angry people and to get to the other side. And then he was free. And sometimes that's what God is calling us to do. We have to walk through the crowds of people who are uh, you know, pigeonholing us and saying who we need to be. And we have to walk through that crowd in our own identity that God created us to be in order to be free. All right. So your so- social interactions are always, always going to impact you because that's part of being a human being. And Jesus, yes, he was 100% God, but he was also, a, he was also in the flesh. Okay. Um, so what we're, what we're doing with this is we're stepping back and we're see, we're recognizing how those social interactions are impacting us. Because if we can see what our brain is doing on autopilot when we're having specific social interactions with people, then we can make some changes in our brain. It doesn't mean that our social interactions will be cut off as far as like our brain is never going to react to them. Of course it's going to react, but we can actually learn how to interrupt its normal reaction redirect it in a new direction so that we don't walk away debilitated. Because Jesus had all the feelings, but he did not walk through that crowd and go on his way to freedom and go fulfill the next three years of his life of ministry on earth as a debilitated man in a crumpled heap on the grass. That wasn't what he did. And that is not our destiny either. That is the enemy's destiny for every single Christian woman who's ever been abused in her life, which is almost everybody has gone through some kind of abuse or another. All right. He is trying to neutralize the human race and specifically women, because we are the bearers of children. We are the family. We are We are extremely powerful in this world, you guys. We don't even know the power of the of a woman because our world and our history has so just Satan has just used so many tools to crush us down into the ground. That's why I think that this this work on our own personal lives is so critical to our world. We may not see the full impact of the work that we do on our personal lives. But I guarantee that it is not going to be for nothing. And it will, the model that you will be for other people when you get strong for your kids, for your grandkids, for maybe not even for them, maybe for other people is going to reverberate into eternity. And I just think this is um, you know, this is the start of something. God is doing something very powerful in the world right now that we're a part of. But we're pioneers. This is like the beginning of a turning point, and we are exploring new territory. And we're taking new territory. We're taking old territory back. And and so this is pretty important, you guys. And that's the end of that clip. Before we go, for those of you who are new to this podcast or new to me new to the things that I do in my work, I, or even if you're not new, you may not be aware of what Flying Higher even is. It's actually a beta group. Right now, there are 123 women in that beta group, and we are developing a program for divorced women of faith. And um, we started in at the beginning of June, And we're going to be making this program available to the public in January of 2021. So you can't be, um, you can't get into this program until then, but it's amazing. It's going to even get more amazing. And the first uh, course that, that the first 12 weeks of, of the course that I'm building right now is all about how to basically how to stop abusing yourself. Okay, so it's, we some of us who are, are divorced, we get away from abuse in our home, but we still kind of have all this residual, these residual messages going through our brains, and we kind of those messages just continue to beat us up and abuse us, and they really limit our potential for what we can do in the future and how we can really f- uh, fly higher. Okay, and then this the second course that I'm going to we're going to be starting really soon here at the time of this recording, is is actually a weight loss course, which might seem, you know, like, what weight loss, I thought this was about, you know, divorced women. And here, here's the thing, though, when it it comes to weight loss, it, it requires extreme management of your brains, of your brain space and your emotional space. To lose weight, it it requires learning how to sit with really, really uncomfortable feelings, and understanding that they're not going to kill you, and that it requires uh, emotional adulthood. It requires making decisions in advance making decisions with purpose and with meaning. It requires building a trusting relationship with your past self and your future self. There are so many things that we're going to be learning in this course on weight loss. So everyone who joins Flying Higher in January will have immediate access to all of the content and the courses that we're creating right now, this year, as well as all of the future ones that we'll be creating all of next year and on into the future. So I am absolutely having a blast doing this. And the women that are in the group right now are experiencing a lot of changes in their own lives. And we call it Flying Higher because I have another group that you maybe are more familiar with. It's called Flying Free. And that group is for women of faith who are still in their abusive relationships or they're in the process of getting out Maybe they're just waking up to realize, jeepers, I think my relationship could be abusive and how do I know for sure? And that group deals with dealing with healing from trauma. It deals with understanding what emotional abuse is and its effect on our lives Um, healing our relationship with God, unraveling a lot of the spiritual abuse that we've experienced and all of that. And it systematically takes women from A to Z as far as all of that goes. And then flying higher which I think is a great name for it. It's just like flying free takes you from being a caterpillar to finally going through that cocoon phase where you're in so much pain and you turn into a pile of goo in a cocoon. And then coming out, your wings dry, you're ready to take flight. You take your first flight, you have your first taste of freedom. And then flying higher just takes you to the next level where we learn how to fly even higher. Now, here's the thing. If, just in case some of you are thinking, well, I can't get out of my abusive relationship for s- different reasons, um, that's totally okay. I still encourage you to go through flying free first. And then if you want to fly higher, you can still do that even if you're not divorced. You can still learn all the skills that you need to manage your brain space so that you can live and breathe and walk the way Jesus Christ did when he was on this earth, because he certainly wasn't surrounded by all friends, was he? He still had to endure a lot of emotional and sometimes physical abuse from the people around him. How did he do that? How did he stay in his identity? This is what we are learning in Flying Free and even learning more about in Flying Higher so that you can move forward your life. So that's just a little bit about that in case any of you guys are confused. And then I just want to finally say that if you like this po- you guys, I get feedback on this podcast all the time. There's hundreds and hundreds of listeners now and it's it's amazing how this podcast has grown. Here's the thing. Apple Podcasts will show this podcast to more people if if it's algorithms reveal that people are really interested in it. And the only way that it knows that people are interested in it is if they actually go in and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. So if you have time to do that, and if you haven't already, you don't have to give your name or anything, you can pick whatever name you want to, and you just leave a rating That helps, but a review even helps more. Just a couple of brief sentences about how this podcast has helped you, or maybe even a couple of brief sentences about how you think this podcast could help someone else. And then you see Apple iTunes will pick up on the algorithms of what that, you know, of the kind of person that you are, and they will show this podcast to other people who match who are kind of like you and who match the things that you like and the things that you're reading and looking at and listening to on their iTunes program. So that's how you can help out this podcast and get it into the, um, I was going to say the, get it into the eyeballs of other people, but we don't look at podcasts. We listen. So get it into the eardrums of more women just like you. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for listening until next time fly free.